Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm excited to dive into the conversation I had with my new friend, Amy McLaren, about her book, Passion to Purpose. And reading her book, um, it was great to dig a little bit deeper into what are the things that I am passionate about? What are the things that God has put inside of me? What would it look like to pursue those things? And one of the things I think that often happens is as we have desires, passions, things that pop up in our lives, sometimes we can think, you know what, that pursuing that is going to, it's going to cost me something and it might even cost time from my family. It might cost money. And, you know, maybe it's, it's easier just to, just to sit on the sidelines. And sometimes I feel like what we do is we, we make these excuses um, about the things that we are kind of being nudged towards. And I think sometimes it actually happens out of fear. And we, we just get into the habit of being like, this is just who I am. I, I do these certain things and um, I don't actually pursue some of these other things because I don't know the outcomes. I don't know what's going to be on the other side. And so um, my hope is in this episode, you will kind of have a few aha moments of your own to say, okay, where are the places I've been a little bit stuck in my life? What am I not pursuing? Maybe out of fear, maybe out of some of these excuses, maybe out of the the fear of the unknown. And if you want a deeper dive, I actually have an e-course called Ready to Rise. And really it's for the Christian woman who is sick of feeling like she's on the sidelines of her own life. It's the woman who wants to unpack the gifts that God has given her, the things he's put inside of her, and really begin to use them, to begin to throw off fear and really begin to run your race. So I have a link in the show notes as well. You can find this course uh, through a link on my website, JacquelineWidener.com. And I'd love just to walk you through. It's an e-course. Do it on your own pace uh, for seven weeks. It comes with videos and a workbook just for you to sit with God and to ask some of those questions like who, who have you created me to be? Really, who have you created me to be? What are the things you've put inside of me? And then just begin to work through some of those excuses, some of those fears, some of the things that are holding you back. And also just to surrender that back to God because um, we know that um, he's put these desires in our heart and he, um, he has plans to help us fulfill them. They may not look the way we think they're going to look. Things may not turn out as we imagine. What does it look like just to pursue those things with him? And I know from my personal experience and from seeing women walk through this process, whether it's in this course or just in their own lives, that as you really come alive to pursuing the things God has put in your heart, that actually has a huge ripple effect for your family because they see you living as this uh, lightened up best version of yourself that pours out to them. 
as well as the people you are going to serve as you pursue those things that God has put inside your heart. So I'd love for you to grab my e-course, Ready to Rise, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Amy McLaren. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting here with Amy McLaren. She has just written a book called Passion to Purpose. And alongside her husband, Stu, they run a mega global nonprofit called Village Impact. This Village Impact has been in operation since 2006, where they have built over 14 schools in Kenya, which equals over 150 classrooms. So clearly, Amy is passionate about giving back to others, but she's also passionate about helping women tap into those things they are passionate about so they can make a difference in the world around them as well. So Amy, welcome to Ready to Thrive. Oh, hi. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Now, I want to hear a little bit about you because your book is Passion to Purpose. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what you are passionate about. So the big things, the little things, what are some things you are passionate about? Yeah, for sure. So I'm one of those, and maybe you can relate. I'm a multi-passionate woman yeah. <laughs> who have, you know, quite a, there's probably when I narrow them down, there's um, two things or three things that I'm really passionate about. The first thing is my passion for travel. I've been obsessed about traveling since I was little. I think it started because um, I grew up in the UK and I know I don't sound like I grew up in the UK, but I did. And I'm still British at heart. Um, but I moved when I was 10 and moved to Canada. And so we grew up in the UK and my parents and I travel quite a bit to different countries. So I think it kind of always started there. And so moving forward, I, that's something I love to do as a family. I like to do solo trips by myself. I like to do trips with friends. Um, and I like to do crazy travel adventures too. So I do like the luxury hotels, but then I do like living with local families and doing host stays and, and volunteering abroad. So number one would definitely be travel. The other one is um, creating experiences for people. So I, I've loved this again since I was a kid where I can create awesome experiences for people that leave them feeling really good, recharged, um, finding out new things about themselves. So I've tunneled kind of that experience into Lady Strength, which is a brand I started that helps women get out of their comfort zone. Um, and also we run adventure trips, which I love. Like we rode motorcycles across Morocco on trips we've done together. We did an RV adventure down um, the coast of California. Um, so diff different things like that. So that's kind of one of my other passion is experiences. And within that passion of experiences, I'm recently dived into running my own luxury Airbnb and running a experience and having co or not hosts, having guests come and stay at our place um, is something that I really enjoy to do. So that again is kind of how I ran that passion of experiences into a business. And then obviously my last one and, and in no particular order because they're also important to me, but is that desire to give back and leave an impact. And again, that started, I think when I was little, I mean, I grew up I mean, I remember strangers coming to our house for a dinner because they had nowhere to go. And my mom would want to welcome them and give them a nice meal or, you know, we'd help at shelters um, and help at soup kitchens. And we did all this kind of thing growing up that I think was really the start of my desire to give back and leave an impact and help others. And that kind of has tunneled into what is what is today, which is Village Impact, which is the charity that you mentioned um, at the start of the call. So, yes, definitely charity travel, um, like the desire to give back and the desire to create experiences are some of my big passions. 
Well, I love that. And I have so many questions for you even from that. Uh, the first one, just thinking about you, you mentioned solo trips. And I think for me, I, I'm kind of on the, I'm the middle of the introverted, extroverted scale where I love to be alone. Like if I'm on a trip or something, usually my, my favorite time of the trip confession is like, it's like when I went shopping by myself or I went to the beach by yeah. myself, like I did done something alone, but then I love to have, I love to come back to where the people are. Um, so for you, I'm just curious, solo trips, has that um, changed at all? Like since you've become a mom or other things like as you've gotten a little bit older, because I think about myself traveling through Thailand at the age of 19 and the things we did and I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I could do that now because we were so naive. So how has solo travel or even any travel, has that changed as you've gotten a little bit older and um, as you become a mom? I'm just curious about yeah, that. No, you know what? It's funny because I had to laugh because when you said, you know, when you're 20s and in Thailand and I think we both have similar travel experiences and I, I do think I'm like, well, my 10 year old daughter, I'm like, what? I can't imagine doing half the stuff I've done or continue to do, but um, yeah, that's funny. But that aside, traveling single, like by myself. So it's something, yes, I did in my twenties. I mean, I went through Europe, parts of Europe by myself. I would teach English overseas by myself. I would, I've been through Asia by myself, like Africa by myself. Um, but I did do a recent um, trip. Well, not so recent, I guess it's like COVID, COVID just got in the way, but yeah. before COVID, <laughs> Um, I took a trip to Panama by myself. So that was like four years ago. Um, and I took a little tour and went by myself and, and I really enjoyed it. So it's definitely changed as I've gotten older. I think I appreciate different things than I did in my twenties. Um, and it has become maybe a little harder to do it by my, by myself, not in more in the way of the guilt sometimes of leaving the kids, but I'm a really true believer in like, that's what I love to do and I'm really passionate about it. And I want my daughter to see me following those passions and to see me, um, you know, living a passionate life and seeing the possibilities. And I've got to live by example too. And for me, you know, getting on a plane and going to a completely different culture and not having any idea about what I'm going to do just lights me up. And so some people like it terrifies them, right? They're like, what are you doing? Like, I would never do that, but everybody's different. And for me, that's my joy. Like that's my passion is to, is to be somewhere completely different, whether that's with friends, family, or whether it's by myself. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, it, it changes just in the things I like to experience too. I mean, when I was in my twenties, I think we all do, we all do some crazy things. Um, but I still do crazy things, but like, it's just more, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, now that we talk about it, like driving my motorcycle across Morocco and not having places to stay was pretty crazy um, when I was 40. So I'm like, I don't know. So I, I think it's just, yeah, I don't know now how it's changed because I still do it. Um, but maybe I just think, uh, I think more about the risk, but I still, um, I mean, I still do move forward because I really love it and I'm passionate about it. Um, well, yeah. I love that um, you have a clear sense of what you're passionate about and you've really given yourself permission to pursue that. Cause I do think that is something that, um, for a lot of women, you know, moms or not, we get in this place of, um, I would love to do that, but, and we're very, very quick to like hold ourselves back as to why we can't. And, um, sometimes I think we're saying those things 
And really, it's just kind of a cover up because we are afraid, right? Like, it's like, I'd love to do that. And it's like, but I can't because of, because of my kids or my finances or my whatever. But it's like, actually, if we get down to the root of it, it might actually be because we're, we don't, we're afraid of the unknown. And I know for myself, as we have, my husband and I have tried to get away together quite a bit. Our oldest is 10 and, and yeah. pre-COVID especially, we would, <laughs> we'd go away. And for me, I always felt like there was a little bit of fear, a little bit of guilt, like all those things, especially in the, the front end, we were like, what, what am I doing? Like, how am I leaving? And then you go away. You're so refreshed in that experience and even possibly adding some sort of, I'm definitely like a, a low risk adventure person, but I know that when I add some sort of adventure, so whether it's like I've gone wakeboarding or like whatever it might be, because when you're, I'm turning 40 in a few weeks, when you get to this age, it is a risk. Like you get to that place where you're like, oh no, my body, my body is not what it used to be. So those things feel like a bit of risk, but they do light something mm-hmm. inside of you that mm-hmm. I actually think not only for my kids to see it, but I am going to be changed when I'm back with them. I'm not actually operating out of this place of almost like a martyr depletion. Um, so I love that that's part of what your message in this book will share with women. Um, I'm also curious just about the women you've taken because you have a strong sense of knowing what you're passionate about and almost that like, yeah, we're, of course we're going to like ride these motorcycles in Morocco and not know where we're mm-hmm. going. Um, how have you seen women on your trips like change from the beginning to the end of the trip in terms of their like knowing themselves yeah. and doing participating in this crazy adventure. Yeah. So I can share, um, when we did, um, we, so we did an our, one of the trips we did was an RV trip down the coast of California. And so for me, like this wasn't extremely adventurous, but for some of the women that came, it, it was an adventure for them. And I loved it. And part of the application, I, cause everyone had to apply and I, um, had an interview process and all that kind of good stuff. But p- part of my application process was, you have to be able to, you have to drive the RV. Like, I don't want anybody coming that doesn't, that doesn't drive it because that's part of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and the whole experience. So that was kind of what my prerequisites. Um, So when these ladies came, some of them had never been in an RV before I hadn't before and like, or drive an RV. Um, So, and a lot, all of them had young ones at home. Um, But it was really fascinating because there were two types of conversations or threads that happened throughout that trip. It was a 10 day trip. Um, and we went to a different like campsite every other day kind of thing and did different excursions and all that kind of good stuff. But the, the magic happened like around the fire pit at night or another time was like in a hot tub at one of the RV resorts. And, and the first, um, thread being that of business, it's like where some new business ideas were formed on that trip because it, it really was like, you know, a women's mastermind, but it's a travel adventure mastermind. And I think when you're pushed out of your comfort zone and you're around new and creative places and you're having different experiences, your, your brain starts to think a little differently and you get out of those like same old patterns and thoughts that you, that you're stuck in or that you've been in. Do you know what I mean? Because all of a sudden you're around seven strangers and you're sharing an RV with them and you're living in an RV with them that you've never met before (laughs) doing these crazy things. Right. So all of a sudden, all these things that are normal, that were normal to you have gone and you're in this brand new like place. And I think that's so valuable because for business, all these business conversations we were having, 
like there are two businesses that were born out of that trip. Um, the earrings that I'm wearing today is from, um, from a business that was kind of founded in the hot tub at one of the resorts where my friend is called Loeb Love and she loved earrings. And so she decided to create an earring membership. So every four months I get a new box of different earrings that she picks out for me and sends over based on the season. And she's grown that. Um, and that was born in the hot tub. Another friend of mine started her wild retreats and we talked about branding and the naming and being out in the wild. And like, so that was another kind of venture that came from that trip. But then maybe some of my favorite ones, I mean, those are my favorite too, but then there's also that personal side. Like, so from a personal side, we had one woman on the trip that, um, you know, she, this was her first time away from her family in years. Like she couldn't even remember when she had gone away. And we were sitting on a beach one for, I mean, we sat on lots of beaches, but we're sitting on the beach one evening and she's just like, you know, I feel like I'm finally getting back or connecting to who I was, because I think as a mom, we've all been through that where, you know, we have kids and I mean, having kids is a lot of work, right? It's exhausting. And I don't think anyone truly knows what it's like to have kids until you have kids and you go, you go through it because it, it's tiring and it's exhausting. And I mean, it's the best thing, you know, we love all of our kids, but you do, if you're not careful, you can lose your sense of like who you are and what you love to do and what you're passionate about because you're doing all these other things. So it was really beautiful to see her kind of reflect on that. And she's like, I just feel like I'm connecting to you know, who I was and I lost that. And being here on the beach with seven random strangers that turned into great friends and experiences new things, like it creates that energy and that spark again. And she's reminded of, you know, who she was and wanting to connect more to that. And, you know, since we've been back over the years, they've traveled a lot as a family, but it was taking that time out for herself and taking that moment to, you know, push herself into different scenarios and different situations, but also taking a minute to reflect on what that meant for her. Um, so yeah, definitely lots of businesses have come from the trips, but then definitely also, you know, that personal space of realizing things that are important to us and taking the time for that. Well, yeah. I think that's so good. And um, I just want to encourage anybody listening who does have that feeling. Sometimes the response can be, oh, like, must be nice. Like, must be nice that you can go do those things. And again, that's kind of the place of where I know it's easy to live that it can be this kind of victim mentality of like, you get to do this, it must be easier for you. And it's like, it's it's not. Like, anytime I have done something um, for, I recently had planned a um, very small women's retreat that was challenging um, as things were just starting to open up in, in COVID. And, um, and I paid... I did the retreat, but I paid the full, I literally paid the full price as well for myself and did all the planning. And, and it was like, yeah, it was nice to go, but there was, I had lots of obstacles that I had to push through. Oh, absolutely. And um, what I love and what I saw on this retreat and any other retreat I've been on with women is there is something that happens when you step out of your, like you said, the ruts, the normal life and mm -hmm. you remove yourself from your pace, all the things, and you get in a space where um, either you're being challenged, you know, physically, you're trying something adventurous, or in conversations. Um, one thing I have seen with women as we get a bit older is we we do keep keep things to ourselves a little bit more. Like we kind of we we close, and we're not as willing to share all the dreams and things in our heart, and and we do kind of get into this place of 
um, settled in our thinking. It's like, this is just the way life is. But then when you can change things up a bit and you can have these moments where you go, oh, what if, what if I just was able to like follow that little desire in my heart? Or what if I was able to, and yeah, it's going to cost you time and money and energy, all those things. But what if that is the path, like you said, starting a business or having something change and, and we immediately can have this feeling as women and as moms as, well, that is selfish. And that is like, that's just me putting myself forward. And what I have found again and again is as women pursue these things, as moms pursue these things, it's never just for ourselves. It is always for, it ends up being for, as we pursue the things for ourselves, it ends up being yeah. for others. And oh. that is, it has a ripple effect. Um, which I think is a big part of what your book is about. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I like to say, and like I've said in the book, like a passion mindset is like a possibility mindset. Like I like to think of like, when you're truly like doing something that you love to do, it lights you up so much that you become the best version of yourself. You become the best mom, you become the best friend, you become, you know, who you're meant to be. Um, because that's, you know, what truly lights you up. And, you know, it's, it's important to, to listen to that and to follow those little things. And um, it doesn't mean it's funny. It doesn't mean, you know, completely changing your life. It means just following those steps as something that you really love to do and honoring that and making sure you sprinkle them into life. And, you know, they're um, yes, our kids are important, but it's better to show up in the best version of yourself than give your kids a version that's, you know, crummy and unhappy and, disgruntled about things in life, right? Like it's better to show up. And, and I think you can get to that by following something that you really love to do or honoring that or taking time for that. And like we said before, like, it's so important for our kids to see, you know, we're enjoying our life. And that doesn't mean like rehauling your life and totally starting your own business or changing this. And, and that's great if you want to, for sure. But I think the importance is honoring it, even if it's only for five minutes, it's like showing up for something you believe in and something that brings you joy for even if it's five minutes a week, um, 10 minutes a week or signing up for something because, you know, it's, it's crummy. You got it. You got it. It's crummy to be, feel like that. Well, it, it changes, like you said, how you show up in your life. Mm -hmm. And I know when I am pursuing those things that really have been put inside of me, mm -hmm. I am the best version of myself. My kids get the best version yeah, of myself. Exactly. And what I have seen along the way is what often happens is then the kids actually become part of it. They get oh, yeah. experiences and other things that they never would have had if it yeah. wasn't for these things. Uh, well, I want to dive into your charity, Village Impact. And I just want to talk a little bit about how that started. Because I, I think, again, that's um, we can see something that is big and get overwhelmed by it. And we can have these really big dreams and get overwhelmed by them. But how did Village Impact start? What was the, what was the smaller dream or the, the kind of point of inspiration? Yeah. So, you know, what's funny. Um, I never thought that I would, well, a write a book or like, it was never been on my vision board or like to start a nonprofit to the extent that we did. But for me, like it, it started, like I had said in the early part of the interview about how just following that desire to do more good. And I had the, um, great opportunity when I was younger to stay in refugee camps and, you know, travel, lived with Thai families and just love, love, love learning from other cultures and, you know, learning how I can better myself and 
um, all of that kind of thing. And I think you can learn so much from other cultures around the world and how they run, how they do things um, that way. So it kind of started where, um, so to back, um, to backpedal a bit, I am, and I, I was at, um, a teacher by trade. So I did go to teacher's college in Australia. Um, of course, Australia, right. Cause I love to travel and I didn't want to stay in Ontario, <laughs> but, um, I, I'm a teacher by trade. So I taught grade one for 10 years, um, have since obviously resigned about six years ago. So I haven't been in the classroom for a long time. Um, but I was at, at my point in my career, I was teaching grade one and Stu and I, and my husband now are sitting down one night in December and we were watching Oprah's a big give. I don't know if you remember. Did you ever watch that show? It's an was older when, show. Was that when she would give oh, away cars? Or? You're, you're close to my age. So okay. it's called, yeah, um, yeah it's called Oprah's big give. And basically like Oprah would go into these communities in the States and like transform a community or help them in some way. Um, whether it was one family or 10 families with a new community center or and different things. But like we were watching this Oprah show and like I'm drinking my wine and Stu was drinking his water because he doesn't drink. So I, I'll have a wine for him. But we were watching it and he's like, I was like, that's what I want to do. I'm like, like, I want to do something like Oprah does because I mean, who, who doesn't want to be Oprah? But I'm like, I want to do that, but I want to do it on an international scale because for me, that giving back internationally and connecting with completely different cultures is what brings me joy and what lights me up. And I'll never forget, we're sitting on the couch and it was like the second week of December and my husband's like, okay. He's like, that's great. He's like, but when do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, Christmas, because I only get Christmas off. Like I only get two weeks at Christmas. So it has to be Christmas. And he's like, okay, well, it's like, you're the business guy. You, you know, we have our own businesses. You figure out the fundraising. I'll sort out all the details because I'm good at the details and organizing trips and um, we'll do it and we'll fundraise for a community in El Salvador and we'll take the money down. And he's like, Amy, that's like two weeks. And I was like, well, I don't want to wait. Like, and being a teacher back then, you only have two weeks, right? So I'm like, no, it has to be Christmas. And he's like, okay. So we put our heads together. And at that time, um, what is now webinars, we did like a teleseminar we asked seven friends in our online internet marketing space if they would share the predictions for that next year, um, what would happen in business in that following year. And they all agreed, which was amazing. They came on, I interviewed them with Stu and we talked about what business would be like that following year. And then people paid to listen to this conversation, but we raised $14,000 in like, you know, 24 hours. So that's crazy, right? It's, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. So we took the money down to El Salvador. I mean, not literally cash in our pocket, but we had our checkbook and our visa and, and we went down and um, I connected with a volunteer organization I'd worked or worked and volunteered with in the past. And they took us to a small um, community on top of a mountain. And we lived with a local family, which is something I really wanted to do. And um, we stayed with this local family and then we helped the school. We repainted it. We bought it a photocopier. We did all these like little things to help. And then we helped an orphanage and we came back on that flight from that trip. And my husband's like, okay, like I can kind of see what you want to do now. Um, so that led to doing another fundraiser like that, where we doubled how much we raised. And then at that point, and see, this is where you, you just have to keep moving forward because at that point we were running the income through one of our businesses and paying taxes on it. Wasn't the smartest thing to do, but when you're starting out, you've got to start somewhere. So um, then I applied for charitable status and that took over a year and a half to get. Getting a charitable status for Canadians is not easy. <laughs> it's a lot easier in the States than it is for Canada. So we got the status and kind of there we moved from 
we worked in Ghana for a little bit. Um, but what we felt early as a charity um, is that we were putting band-aids on everything. We weren't creating sustainable change back in our earlier days when we were kind of discovering what we wanted to do. Um, and now we lean really into, and we are, and what I love is we're community led. We work with our communities on the ground in Kenya where our schools are built. Our team is all local in Kenya, like aside from a couple of people that help me in North America, but that's my passion. And what I love to do is like helping communities, but also working alongside them and learning from them to create what we have. So yeah, I mean, what is it, 13, 12 years ago, I wasn't imagining 15, 14 schools. <laughs> I mean, we had $300 in the bank account when we built our first school. And that's another story, but it's like, that's kind of how it started. It was basically Oprah's big give and my desire to A, follow my passion for travel and B, follow my passion for giving back. Um, and we were just really fortunate to also have friends that um, leaned in and supported us. And the crazy thing is the seven people that were on that for very first call we did, um, two of them are on our board of directors and all seven of them um, continue to donate um, and are part of our charity today. So yeah, it's been a journey, yeah. <laughs> but it's been an exciting one. Well, that's so awesome. I love thinking about you sitting on the couch one night and having that like light bulb moment or the aha moment mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, this, like, especially knowing some of your backstory and, and feeling a little bit discontent in the teaching space. Yeah. Um, I think we can all have almost be in that place of frustration and tension where we're like, I'm not content where I am. I know there's something more and I'm not, I'm really not sure how to get there, what it looks like. And I love that it, A, just looked like you being like, well, I figured it out. I'm going to go for it. And not knowing what it would be today. Um, tell me about a time between that moment and what it is today where you felt like, never mind, I'm giving up. I want to throw in the towel. This is too hard. Because I feel like those are some of the behind the scenes things that we don't see, that we don't realize those moments where it, because I'm sure there, there are probably plenty of those moments where it's been really hard. Absolutely. Like so, it's so, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, you know, a lot of people, um, we all have those moments. I don't think it doesn't matter how successful somebody gets or where they are. I mean, I've had moments where I want to throw the computer out the window because I'm just done. Like I'm, you know, and for a time that we, there's been a couple of times. The first time I think was managing the growth of the charity, but also the growth of our other businesses and family and, and figuring all that stuff out because I mean, it's hard. Um, so for that, we, um, and I'm a strong believer in this, we got help. And I think oftentimes when, we start a business, we try to do everything by ourselves, or at home too, we try to do everything by ourselves. So um, when my daughter was, how old was she? She was like 18 months. We, um, we hired help and it, and it, and it wasn't really for um, to look after my daughter. It was for the laundry. It was for the groceries and the cooking. And, um, and we still have help today. And that was the best decision that we ever made as a family. Um, because before that, it was struggling. Like we were trying to make like, you know, run businesses and like help the kids. But for us, I mean, that, that was, you know, there were a lot of like disagree, not disagreements, but it was just like hard to work on our relationship as a mom and dad or like as a husband and wife. And then I'm daytime, I'm teaching nighttime. I'm trying to start a business and run the charity while raising our kids. So at that point in our life, we decided to, you know, cut back on some of our other expenses and then hire somebody to help us um, with 
with cooking and cleaning and organizing the house and all the stuff that was taking all the extra time. And, um, and like I said, that was the best thing we did. And I still have help today. And I really, truly attribute getting that help to help grow the charity. Like, I don't think the charity and our other businesses would be that where they are at today um, or our healthy relationships that I have with my kids. Because now when I'm with my kids, it's like, I can spend, I'm committed. I'm like, I will leave the office today or where we are. And I'm not worrying about anything else. Like I'm having connection time with them. It's, it's more, um, you're more present and doing that. And I think allowing us to be more present, not only in our kids' lives, but then also being present in the business has allowed it to grow versus trying to do 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there and figuring it out. So that was a difficult time, but we managed to get help. And I think oftentimes as women and moms, we, we leave that too we leave it too late or <laughs> we, we don't I'm like it, there's nothing wrong with getting help. Getting help is like the best thing that you could ever do. Um, the other thing that we kind of, and this has been really recent with COVID. I mean, for our charity, we've raised multiple millions in a year. And a lot of that came from speaking on stages um, and raising it after speaking on stages. And we all know what happened in COVID there's no more events. <laughs> They're all virtual. And so our income as a charity completely dropped. And we had always had plans to do a membership site or to create some other like stream of recurring income for the charity. But we um, never had time because we were always doing events or doing these other things. So it was kind of like a, a blessing. And I'm, I know there's others that can relate to this in somewhat um, where, you know, COVID sucks. It still sucks and I hate it. But it gave us the time to start a membership that we now have for the charity. And um, yeah, we, so during that flex time, that was hard. I mean, you know, we have a little staff that we have in Kenya and it breaks my heart to think that, you know, we couldn't be able to support them doing the work that they're doing to help us, not just help us, but help their communities. And, you know, we've always built schools so quickly and there's always money in the bank, but you know, when COVID hit, it did, it, it, you know, it was like, okay, what are we going to do? And we managed to get this membership site off the ground, which we called Audience Builder Academy. And it's basically businesses that come in um, to our membership area. They learn how to build your audience through different strategies. So we interview an expert every month and people pay to be a part of it. And then the money goes directly to the charity. So now we've grown that to a point where we've got, I think it's almost 50,000 a month coming in on a residual basis, which has been great because it's starting to offset some of the speaking um, engagements that we had. And so that was tough. <laughs> I mean, you got to think on your feet and think like, what can we do? And we scrambled and got it together. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were times when, you know, we, my husband and I run the charity. Well, my husband doesn't really run it. It's more myself. Um, but then, you know, the charity is like a passion project. Like my husband and I don't take any income from the charity. Like we volunteer our time. And in fact, one of our other businesses covers a lot of our overhead with the charity. Um, so, you know, it's, we have other businesses we're running and the charity is also part of it. So there have been times where it's like, should we, we need to cut out things from our life, like, cause it's too, too much. But then it's like, well, what do we cut? Because I love this and I love this, but then it all comes back to like, just putting it into systems and um, figuring out what's best. If that makes sense. Well, I feel like I just totally rambled on you. No, no, I actually, I love what you shared because I think in some ways it's, it's complicated mm -hmm. and it actually, we can have this idea that whatever, whatever we're pursuing should be way more seamless. And one of the things that can hold us back is waiting until we have enough time 
enough yeah. money, mm-hmm. things feel right, all the things. And so, um, I mean, I love your story still from from that December where it's like, yep, I've got, I only have two weeks <laughs> off. Like we're seizing the moment. And sometimes it is that moment of going, this is the window. So I'm actually going to go do something a little bit crazy here. Um, but even that we never get to this place where we're like, whew, like I have arrived in my life and my business and my motherhood and whatever else. And now I just get to coast. And I think we we get this idea that we're going to be there and then it's going to be easy. And what happens is we often just get pushed up against something hard and we have to make some hard decisions where we say, mm-hmm. you know what, we're, we're going to pull back from one thing. We're going to tweak something. We're going to shut something down or we're going to get help in an area. And you identified areas where you're like, there's so many things that involve you and Stu focusing on those things. But there's other things that like so the house cleaning, the meal prep, like that doesn't have to be you, right? Like there's always those things where it's like, no. I'm the only one who can be my kid's mom. I'm the only yeah. one who can be my um, husband's wife. But there's other things that definitely can be done. And it's, we can live in this place of believing that, oh, well that person, they're a superhuman and I have really low capacity and I, you know, getting in those places. So I think um, so much of what you shared, I think just shows so many of those pivots and a little bit of the stress that everybody felt in this past season, but also that sometimes it is the it's the place that we feel that pressure that will actually birth some creativity in pursuing something that, like you said, like it's a gift to have. Uh, my husband's work actually is fully fundraised. It's a nonprofit. And so yeah. the gift of monthly donors is like, whew, okay, that that comes in regularly um, and there's always fundraising on top of it. Yeah. But that definitely, um, that is a gift in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for us, it's like, as we've built, you know, our passion businesses and the charity, it's, it's all about, you know, building your team because we can't do anything by ourselves. Like I'm here talking to you about my book, but there's a team behind, like I have a team of people that have been helping me with the launch, like, you know, at home and like our Sheila that helps us, she's part of our family. Like she, she helps me at home with all the different errands and stuff. But for me, it's like, adding people to your team that become part of your family. Like we're all, and we, I mean, our kids will say like, we're like team McLaren because like, you know, they, they're so involved. Like you said, I mean, like with, they come to our events, they come on our charity trips, they come. And it's important for my kids to see that too, where it's like the benefits of working with other people, you can accomplish things so much faster um, when you work together and, you know, honor staying in your lane at what you're really good at (laughs) and working together for sure. So good. Well, I'd love to just end by talking to the woman who feels like, I feel like there may be something more for my life, but I've never spent any time pursuing what I'm passionate about or I've, I've had kids and I've, I've just focused on that for 10 years. And so talk to the woman who might want to kind of start pursuing like, what, what could I be passionate about? What how do I pursue that feeling of there might be something more? Yeah. Like I love to say to that, it's like you, um, first of all, you need to take a time out by yourself somewhere or get a hotel for a night, like go sit in the spot or even just sleep on it, not be interrupted if you're having the kids, but, um, and take a moment. And I like to call it, um, it's a quick activity, but it's like a passion timeline and like take a minute and draw a simple line on your paper and do like increments of 10, like 10, 20, 30, 40 up to your age 
And like, take a minute to reflect on what you did when you were 10, what you did when you were 20 and 30 and 40, and kind of revisit those times and see if there's some themes that come up or something that, you know, excites you. Um, and then commit to just five minutes. Like, like I said, or like, you don't have to, you know, it, it's not about changing your whole life because I mean, I'm sure there's things in your life that you love and they're there for a reason. And, but there are some things maybe that you want to revisit and it's, it's all about commitment, like taking those five minutes of finding something on that passion timeline, or maybe you even know like what it is in your head or your heart, but you've never made the time. It's like, you, you need to start making it a priority. You need to take five minutes because if you were to do that five minutes a day, come the end of the month, I bet, like we said, you're going to be that better version of yourself and you'll give that gift to your kids and your spouse and your community and your family. Um, so it's just take five minutes, identify something that you want to try, even if it's a class, like a class that you want to take. Like I know my one friend is really into um, drama and she's been in plays. So she does a, a lot of plays, but there's another friend that just likes hip hop dancing. And the other day she's like, I haven't danced since like my twenties at the bar or like where, you know, when you're in university and she's like, I'm going to take a dance class. And she did. And now, and now she's doing it every week and she's loving it. And it's like just taking the time to, to honor that and to show up and maybe even experience it with a friend or your daughter or your son and doing it together. Um, that creates great memories too. And, you know, helps, but carving out that time and just, taking the time, you know, you got to start now and make it a priority because if you don't start now, like life goes fast, right? Like we're, I'm like, we're both the same age. I just turned, well, about certain, I just turned 41 this month or last month. And I'm like, how did I get to 41? I'm like, aren't, I still feel like I'm 25, but it'll <laughs> some days, <laughs> but then it's like, you're, you know, it'll be, I'll be 50 before I know it, you know, and then I'll be 60. And it's like you said, where um, you know, our bodies changed and I'll never forget, like I've, I've, um, trekked in the Congo with gorillas and that hike that I did, I know if I had left that to when I retired or when I was 70 or 65 or whatever the answer, like whatever it may be, I couldn't have done what I did in my twenties to hike, to see those gorillas if I had left it. So it's like honoring now and being in the present time and sprinkling all that into your life, um, now. And I mean, why wait? I mean, there's no reason for you to wait to put more passion into your life. Well, I love that because I feel like, um, A, there's that kind of call to action of like, we we have today. Like, we don't really know what is ahead. And um, I mean, I, I can think, well, for my parents, I know they had kind of a lifetime dream trip planned for April 2020. And it was like, yeah, oh, you know, oh. like you think about those yeah. um, moments where you don't really know. Um, but I also think about sometimes it's just the, a lot of women I talk to find they, they don't know what brings them joy or what they're excited about. And I would just say like kind of what I piggyback on what Amy said is giving yourself the permission to explore and also to like fail in a sense, like to realize like I took a hip hop dance class and realized, you know what? Yeah. I didn't like that. Or, Absolutely. or even giving yourself permission to be terrible at it and when I was in um, my early university days, something about, I started pursuing, I, I did actually take hip hop dance class at the Y, I loved it. Um, I bought a bunch of canvases at an art supply store and paint, and I'm a terrible, like terrible artist, but I loved painting. And I would just sit there and have this creative outlet. And I realized the other day, I said to my husband, I need to do something with my hands, like I need to paint. 
And maybe it's just buying a piece of furniture. And I love that like old chalk paint look. And it may not be this thing that's going to be my main passion or this thing I'm going to pursue. I'm not going to start a business like not every hobby needs to be a hustle. But just that um, giving yourself permission to try. I think that starts a spark of something that um, can lead to more. And I know for myself, it was a few years ago, my sister-in-law ran a small retreat for women. It was such a beautiful experience for women to get away busy yeah. moms and and relax for a weekend. And she asked me to do a little seminar um, just on figuring out what are the things we value in life. And so I prepared for this seminar and I gave the seminar. And I remember reflecting on that thinking, preparing for that didn't feel like work. I enjoyed giving it. I enjoyed and I was like, huh. And I just started paying attention to what that was and realized, oh, I have a huge passion for doing stuff like this. What does that look like? Um, mm -hmm. Some of the expression is doing a podcast. And so I never at that point would have thought oh, I should do X, Y, and Z. Like I didn't have a big picture. It was paying yeah. attention to this very small thing. Yeah. It's paying attention and following those crumbs. And I think also realizing, like you said, that, you know, passions change and that's a, okay. Like life changes, you pursue different things. It's, but it's being intentional and taking the time to, to explore that and to discover it and honoring that time to do that. Um, yeah. Cause things change and you know, people change and that's, that's like, that's totally fine, but it's honoring the time for it for sure. Well, I think if people want a little bit of a nudge um, in that direction, I think it would be awesome if they picked up your book, Passion and Purpose. Um, and all the proceeds are going to Village Impact, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, where can, oh, yeah. Well, where can people find your book? Where can they find you and find out more about Village Impact? Yeah. So um, Passion to Purpose, you can find it at passiontopurposebook.com. Um, also at amymclaren.com. And like you mentioned, yeah, 100% of the proceeds are going to Village Impact. And we're building our first girls school um, that I'll start construction in the fall this year. Um, but yeah, you can find it there. I'm on Instagram at amydowmclaren. And if you're interested in my other passion project, which is my Airbnb, you can find that at Dover Lake House, um, which is my newest project. But yes, my book, Passion of Purpose, passionofpurposebook.com is where you'll find it. Love it. Well, thank you, Amy. Um, love getting to know you. And I'm excited um, to see more this year, see the finished product or project of this school. When you said when it's going to start, when's kind of the estimated time that it'll be finished? This girl's Yeah. School? So we're, we're hoping to, it'll start in the fall and then in the spring or late winter is kind of like the opening season, I guess opening, opening day. <laughs> awesome. Looking forward to seeing that. Thank you for being on Ready to Thrive. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right, and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, 
Click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.